It goes from the glories of revelation, from visions in a third heaven, from a man that tells us that we can live in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Then it goes down to the nitty gritty of everyday life. And you know, that's what the gospel is all about. The gospel is a place of a mountain peak experience. Uh, the gospel is a place of receiving Jesus Christ. Uh, the gospel is a place of seeing him in all his glory, in all of his splendor. The gospel is the great truth of what happened at Calvary uh, and, and what the aftermath of Calvary was. But it's also the gospel that teaches us that whatever you get on the mountaintop, as far as light, as far as power, as far as grace, as far as glory, all of that is for the purpose of using it in the valley. Okay, so in other words, you can't stay up there. And that's why people that want to stay in the glory, in the glory top, uh, in the glory uh, revelations, uh, people that are always looking for something new and hype uh, uh, to, to say God said and God revealed and God told, well, wait, 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 hold steady, hold steady. Those mountaintop experiences simply to fortify us for the walk in the valley. So if you stay up there, you're not going to be of any good to anybody. And you will confuse everybody around you. Because God never intended for us to just uh, have mountain peak experience. But he gave us mountain peak experiences to fortify our souls. Okay? Then in the, in the fourth chapter of the book, it's the apostle simply telling us, uh, the great unity of the body, the great unity of this gospel, how we are of one God and of one baptism and of one Lord. And, and it's so beautiful, one spirit and uh, one faith and one baptism. We all have the same God and Father who is over all of us and in all and living through every part of us, the unity of this situation. Now, in the fifth chapter, we go into a whole different dimension of Christian teaching Yet it takes you back to the Gospels. Chapter 5 opens up, and the first verse says, Follow God's example in everything you do, just as, much, just as a much-loved child imitates his father. There's the first, there's the first uh, situation. And then if you go with me uh, into uh, verse 10, uh, just the opening lines of verse 10, Learn as you go along what pleases the Lord. Learn as you go along what pleases the Lord. Some people want to learn it all at once. Yeah, some people want to learn it all. You don't. You learn as you go along. Okay? And that's why in Christian walk and in Christian living, we must tolerate. And not only tolerate, you have to realize that you're being tolerated too. You understand what I mean? So it's not, it's, it's even Stephen. And... Uh, we're not all at the same learning point as, 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 as we think. You know, in school, the beautiful thing about school is you got first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade, and then you go to junior high. Then you've got those three years or those two years, and then you go on to high school. So a child tells you his age, you more or less know where he fits in the school category. Now, with Christians, hey, we've got all the, we've got, we've got stages. The only thing is that nobody knows what class you're in. They don't know if you're in kindergarten, or they don't know if you're in high school. And they don't know if you, and we don't wear signs either. I have been promoted. We don't know that. But that should give us a great deal of tolerance. A great deal of tolerance. Because the truth of the matter is that we don't even know what class we're in. <laughs> 
Have you ever felt so strong and powerful in the Lord? And the next week a trial comes along and you're just about dragging your, your chin on the ground and you're, you're kind of, help me, help me. Well, I thought you were in high school. We all need help. Praise his holy name. Okay, there's another verse I want you to look at with me. And that's 15 and 16. The 15th verse starts off with saying, so be careful now how you act. So be careful now how you act. I want to put those three things together. Number one, follow God's example. Number two, learn as you go along. Number three, so be careful how you act. Okay? And then I put a great why in my thought. Why? Why follow God? Why learn as you go along? Why be so careful about how you act? Let me tell you why. Verse 5. You can be sure of this. The kingdom of Christ and of God will never belong to anyone who is impure or greedy. For a greedy person is really an idol worshiper. He loves and worships the good things of life more than God. And don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins. For the ter terrible wrath of God is upon all who do them. And then he goes on and gives a very harsh recommendation. It's the harshest one you'll find in the entire New Testament. He says, don't even associate with such people. That's a very harsh recommendation, okay? Don't even associate with it. For once your heart was filled with darkness, and now it's full of light from the Lord, and your behavior should show it. Because of this light within you, you should do only what is good and right and true. And that's where he breaks into learn as you go along, okay? The first uh, situation here is uh, following God's example. Whenever somebody tells me to follow God, whenever the scripture says, be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect, I have a lot of trouble with that. I have a lot of trouble with that, and the trouble I have with that is, is when I think of God, I think of perfection, and he is perfect. When I think of God, I think of the loftiest thought I could ever have, and he is the loftiest thought I could ever have. When I think of God, I think of something without blemish, without fault. When I think of God, I think of that strength which, is, uh, uh, which, which, which can't be surpassed. This is what I think of when I think of God. So now when it says, follow God's example, I get a little worried. I get a little worried. I say, now, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. And if you tell me to follow somebody I know, I, I, I can more or less. But you're telling me to follow God. Follow God. But then the word will never leave you, never leave you lost. It goes on and it explains how that following is. And how is that following? Just as a much-loved child imitates his father. You know, folks, I have, uh, I've never written a book, but I think if I ever read, wrote a book, it would have to be a book that, that's a lesson that God has taught me down through the years and that I keep learning because it's a lesson that never finishes. You know, it's not like, like one and one is two. That's over. One and one is two. Turn the page upside down. Turn it downside up. One and one is two. You're not going to get any more out of that. Well, if you're crazy, you can get a lot out of it like some people do, but uh, one one is still two, okay? Now, what I'm talking about is the example, and then when I said if I ever wrote a book, it would have to be, they drink from our spirit. And this is, I'm talking about children. I'm talking about children. That's why here he says, follow God's example in everything you do, as much-loved children's <coughs> children imitate their father. Children love to imitate their fathers. 
They love to. And that's why it's so dangerous because whatever you are, your child is going to be. He's watching. And even if, and even, have you ever heard a father say, do what I tell you to do and don't do what I do? Oh, kids don't know that. That's too complicated for them. They love daddy and they're going to be like daddy. I don't care what daddy's like. Because there's something very special about daddy. Oh, he's not perfect. But you see, he's arrived. And in the world of a child, well, you know, when you were seven, if somebody told you they were 20, they were old. Isn't that the truth? And I was seven, everybody that was over 15 was, you know, I mean, in the, in the, in the big world. And so, so it goes on. But listen to this, follow God. Now, Jesus says to us in the Sermon on the Mount, <coughs> uh, because the following is done through example, through imitation. Now, Jesus says to us, be, be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. And you know that that perfection, we're not talking about the perfection that God has. We're simply talking about the perfection that has to do with stature and growth. That's the only perfection we're talking about. In other words, if a six-year-old child, if we put him up before you, and we go into a clinical study of that six-year-old child, and we go into a health encyclopedia, we will find out that a six-year-old child should weigh so much, should uh, uh, be so tall, and he should, uh, uh, the, the characteristic, the total physiological characteristics of a six-year-old. And then we go into the psychological <coughs> aspect of the six-year-old. And that's an interesting. And now when we're through with the whole, we're compiling all the notes, and we're through compiling everything about a six-year-old, uh, the, the doctor or the psychologist or whoever is doing the study will come out and say to the mother, you have a perfect six-year-old. The mother looks at the psychologist and says, yeah. Did you say perfect? He says, yes. Now, why is he perfect? Simply because for a six-year-old, he meets all the qualifications. You see, that's the type of growth the Bible is talking about. That's the type of growth the Bible is talking about. In other words, your growth is according to your growth in God. By that I mean, if, if you're in the Lord a certain amount of time and you've been faithful, uh, we grow almost, in spiritually we grow almost as we do naturally. The only thing is the spiritual growth is never seen, like I said. We know if a child is in first grade and we know if he's in high school, but uh, spiritually you don't know. Yet the, the growth pattern is still the same. So what the Lord is saying, and, and the Apostle Paul says it right here in, his, in the scripture. He says, learn as, you, uh, learn as you go along what pleases the Lord. In other words, in your growth in God, you will find out what pleases the Lord. And the beautiful thing about that, because the growth is through imitation, the growth is through watching, the growth is through seeing. As a child imitates his father. There are so many things you cannot teach a child lest you live those things. And you say, well, we're not perfect. No, we're not perfect. But a child is drinking from our spirit. He is drinking from our actions. The child is putting away things that you don't even know he's putting away. The child is making conclusions that we don't even know. And I always give the little story, and I will repeat it this morning of receiving a phone call from somebody I did not want to answer the phone. And so I told my Damaris, I said, Damaris, I'm going to leave the house. Tell the person I'm not in the house. Well, that's a clean cut. 
lie. But it's truth in the essence of the communication that was being given. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> what you do with welfare, what you do with the IRS, what you do with the government. Well, you know, uh. So as I'm going out the house, Damaris, who didn't quite hear my message, uh, takes the phone and says, Mama, what did you tell me to tell her? <laughs> so that was over with. That was over with. I went to the phone, and I said, oh, hello, I'm so happy to hear from you. <laughs> and little Joseph Henry shot out from the corner of the room. He doesn't even remember, but it happened. I'm not exaggerating. Shot out from a corner of a room. I didn't even know he was listening. And he stood right in front of me and went, eh. <laughs> You know, like the shame, 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 that attitude. You ever, don't do that anymore. They used to do it. When I was a little kid, everyone would go, shame, shame, shame. We don't, I never see kids doing that anymore. Thank God. But anyway, and, and I, just, I just, I was a typical parent. I am a typical parent. I just took out my arm ready to swing across. Mira, quítate, mocoso. Get away, you little, come on, move. Then I went back to my 45-minute phone call that I didn't want to give, bothered at a damaris that didn't hear, and a little Joseph is standing there like the judgment seat, <laughs> and realizing you don't really get away with anything, do you? And so I looked to God's word this morning, and he says, follow God. And I like the Apostle Paul, because the Apostle Paul is a very daring apostle. There are times in the scripture where the apostle says, follow me as I follow God. Because if anybody's going to tell me they can't follow God because they can't see him, I'm going to say, all right, now follow me. Follow my teachings. Follow what, what God has given me. But here he says to the Ephesians, follow God like a father. And then he goes on to explain how that father is. Because not all fathers can be followed. He says, a father full of love. A father full of kindness. Follow that father. And it's our father. And then he goes on and he says, and follow it till you become what Jesus became to his father. What did Jesus become to his father? A sweet-smelling incense. And I thought to myself, whoa, oh God help us. Doesn't mean you're, you're perfect. It, we're not talking perfection. We're talking simply of somebody that's groping and we don't know exactly where to go and we don't know where it starts and it's become a very difficult situation because we're told to please God and the only thing we know in life is to please ourselves, to please our flesh, to please our needs. And sometimes we think that as we please ourselves, we're pleasing God. We, this, we, we've got so many strange ideas. But then the Apostle Paul comes through so sweet and so beautiful. Follow God like a father like Jesus followed his father, a father full of love, till Jesus became a sweet-smelling incense. And I've got, I've got news for you. Some of you, maybe all of you, smell very good to God. I mean that. When your heart's right, when your motives are clean, when you're battling against all odds, when you're making mistakes and confessing them, when you're loving the Lord with everything you got within you, when there's that struggle to be better than you were yesterday, you know that? You got a sweet smell, a sweet smell. And God says, I love you. And he takes you up as a fragrance to his nostrils. 
You say, oh, but sister, I'm such a mess. You know, I fall down and then I get up again and then, and then I try all over again. And then, you're trying. You want to please him, you want to love him. Well, simply, it simply means you're a sweet smell to the Lord. Now he says, learn as you go along. It's sad to say that sometimes, what, what are we to learn? It says, learn as you go along. And, but then he goes on and he tells you what you're supposed to learn. Learn as you go along. What pleases the Lord? Then he goes on to speak about the worthless uh, uh, pleasures of, uh, of evil and darkness. Uh, and he says, and instead of enjoying them and being a part of them, rebuke and expose them. And what he's talking about, rebuke and expose them, is no wrong for wrong. Know it. You know, you go to a cousin's house, and the cousin is not living right with God, and then she's got seven kids, and she's got a sweetheart living in the house. You know something? God didn't send you to disrupt that house. And don't think you're a messenger to disrupt that house. I, I say this, and, and unless you've got some message from the Holy Spirit that I don't know anything about, but what I'm talking about is that we are not the Holy Spirit. We are not God's judges. God hasn't sent us to straighten out houses and to straighten out lives. Uh, and God hasn't said, that's not. You know the only thing God tells you to straighten out? Your own life. You don't have to go straighten out anybody's life. You straighten out your own life. Well, sister, it says, it says look, rebuke, yeah, rebuke it in yourself. Rebuke it in your own existence. Because as you live rebuking and as you live cleansing, someone else is watching you and knowing the value of what's going on in your life. And this is so terribly important. The scripture says it's so clear. Verse three, let there be no sex sin, impurity or greed among you. Let no one be able to accuse you of any such things. This is written 2,000 years ago and it sounds like something for today. It's frightening. Dirty stories, foul talk, coarse jokes. These are not for you. Instead, remind each other of God's goodness and be thankful. Now, does that mean you go into a Christmas party on the job where everybody's half drunk and you start to teach them how to live? You know how you do well? Don't go to the party. Just for the sense of your, just because of your spirit. Now, if you can go in there and have your Coca-Cola and a few pretzels and smile and hug and wish people a Merry Christmas, you be there. Be a light, be a joy, be a pleasure, be a presence. Be the smile of God upon that place. But if you're going to go in and try to make everybody right, watch out, okay? Because the only one that's not going to be welcomed is you. You can be sure of this. The kingdom of Christ and of God will never be to anyone who's impure or greedy. A greedy person is really a worship, an idol worshiper. He loves and worships the good things of life more than God. You say, sister, how, do, how, does, how, does, how, does, how does greed work? Okay, I'm going I'm to tell you. Greed works the same way with five million as it works with a nickel. You hearing me? You hearing me? Most people say, oh, he's so rich and greedy. Ah, I know people got two nickels and they're poor and greedy. It's, it's, it's the way we hold on to things, folks. Now, God, God, read the Proverbs. The Proverbs says anybody that saves for a rainy day is wise. That's what the Proverbs say. The scripture tells us that if we are, uh, uh, I was going to say royal, loyal stewards of what God gives us, we don't have to be afraid. When I see Christians that have a lot, my conclusion is, 
Not that they're stealing. Not that they don't pay their tithes. Not that something's happened. No, no, no. My conclusion is that they're good stewards. And when you're a good steward, God just takes great pleasure in blessing you. God does miracles with good stewards. He gives them and gives them and gives them and gives them and gives them. And you stand back and you say, huh, how'd he get it? What's he doing? I can't understand it. No, we can't. We can't understand. Isn't that interesting? We can't understand it. But we've got to be careful. We've got to be careful. Sometimes you've got a quarter in your pocket and somebody's dying looking for a quarter for the meter. That quarter's yours. Isn't it the truth? Yeah. Benji just said amen. <laughs> I'm intrigued by this because that's, that's greed. There's another type of greed. Never satisfied with what you got and always wanting more when what you got is perfectly all right. It's, 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 a, it's a hunger and a thirst. And you say, well, can't God, can't God, can't God take that away? Let me share the way it is. The scripture says, and the description is, is something out of a, you know, Friday the 13th description. It says that greed is like hell. Open mouth and never satisfied. In other words, you can never fill it up. You can never satisfy it. So I, I just think of the Apostle Paul realizing to him is given the treasure of the church the most perfect unity the world has ever known. Jew and Gentiles making one body, making one glorious body. The world will now be invaded, gloriously invaded, by a group of people that they've never seen before. The angels hadn't even seen it, and God knew what he was going to do, and he kept it from them so that someday they would contemplate and they would see what they had never seen before. And I think that's why God opened the heavens and sent them all down uh, to the manger so that they could see, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah, read it in the book of Ephesians. God said even the angels didn't know what God was doing. He was proving to them that what was destroyed in the garden would be built up from the manger. Hallelujah. Isn't that marvelous? And then he goes on to tell us, hey, but this is a glorious road and a glorious happening. Now let's learn from our Lord. Let's learn what pleases him. Let's learn what pleases him. How do we learn, folks? Let me tell you what learning is. Learning has several aspects to it. One of the most important aspects is repetition. I think it's so beautiful schools today for children. When I went to school, it just wasn't that way, I'm sorry to tell you. And if anybody taught then, we, well, I don't, I don't know what it was. The only thing we had in my classroom, the only thing I ever remember in my classroom was Palmer penmanship all along the walls. You gotta be over 50 to know that, huh? Oh no, there's some 40-year-olds that say, yeah. Okay, oh yeah. That's all I saw, you know, the A's and the circles and how they went, that's all I saw on the wall. You go into classes today. I've been to some classrooms that I don't wanna leave. I wanna get a chair, I wanna sit down, and I want them to bring me cookies and milk. I don't wanna leave. Because if it's autumn, the room looks like autumn in Upper New York State. I mean that. If it's Christmas, it's snowing. It's on the window, and the flakes are coming down. And you go in there, and you think it's snowing. 
and you see everything. Learn as you go along. I'm thinking of the beauty of these children moving into these classrooms. They learn everything. Their eyes are filled with it. The Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul says, learn as you go along. Let's not be dumb. We made certain mistakes before. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to not let us make them again. Are you hearing me, folks? We went a road before, a sneaky, devious road, a road that, ah, let's not go that road. Let us walk with God in the openness of a learning experience. You see, I was bad yesterday. I'm going to be better today. But I got news for you. A week from now, I'm even going to be better. Because we're just going to learn as we go along. Be thankful for what you have, folks. That's part of learning. Be thankful for what you have. Have you ever gone through your house and thanked God for every nook and cranny, every old piece of furniture? Okay. A sofa that's already sagging. You hear me? Yeah, and sometimes an empty refrigerator. Okay, have you ever thanked God for that? Learn as you go. Don't ever stop learning. Don't ever stop learning. Learn of his love, learn of his grace, learn of his power. Learn day by day, day by day, how much he cares for you, how much he loves you. And then no matter what you do on the outside, you're never, never, never going to get more than what God can give you. And last but not least, I love this. Be careful how you act. These are difficult days. Don't be fools, be wise. Make the most of every opportunity you have for doing good. Don't act thoughtlessly, but try to find out and do whatever the Lord wants you to do. Oh, I love that. Hallelujah. You know, it's a hard way. Christian way is not easy. But I can tell you something. I like the recompense of this way. I like the fact that I can sleep at night. I like the fact that I know where I'm going. We went to bed last night, and about 10 o'clock, one of our neighbors was hit with a car, by a car. And this morning, he died in a hospital, just crossing 161st Street and Grand Concourse. And let me tell you, it's, uh, this, this year, we had two precious little old ladies from the, the, the senior citizens complex across the street walk right into a semi. The wheels went right over them. That corner alone has 24 outlets. There's a street, I think, in all of New York that has more outlets than 161st Street and Grand Concourse because you've got to realize that it's almost uh, 10 just coming down the concourse alone, just 10 vias coming down the concourse alone. I want to live so that if crossing a street some loco shows up and takes me with him. It's going to be okay. It's, it's not a nice way to go. You know how I'd like to go on the queen-size bed with the pillows, you know, the down pillows. You know that. I've already announced it to you. And with the girls singing me songs. You, you heard it, right? And then I tell them to be quiet because the angels are singing. You, you heard it. You know how that. 
but no, I might just be run over on Grand Concourse. We put the whole thing together, but that, uh, that's not important. What's important is to be ready to go. What's important is to follow him and follow him as a child follows the eyes of a father. As a child is hungry to be where daddy is, as the child is hungry to do what daddy does, as a child marches and walks just like his daddy and follows behind him, as a child seeks, and if it's not daddy, it's mommy. Hey, ladies out there, many of you don't have daddies. I know that. So they'll follow you. And there's no sin in that. There may be some beauty in it. So don't, don't worry about it. We're talking about example, and that's all that counts. And then the scripture tells us, learn as you go. You're only responsible for what God is teaching you now. You say, in 10 years, I'll be a very strong Christian. 10 years? We may never make it. You're as strong as you'll be right now if you love him. And then tomorrow, a little bit more strength and a little bit more strength. Hallelujah. Don't, don't jump the boat. Don't get ahead of it. Remember I told you, people can backslide, but people can also upslide. Upslide? I never heard that, lady. Yeah, it's when you get ahead of God. It's when you think you know God's timing and you know God's plans, and you start to exercise them. No, don't, don't, don't do God any favors. He's got enough trouble running this world without you trying to get ahead of him and run it your way. And it goes on and it says, so be careful how you act. Be wise. How do you become wise? Through the word. How do you become wise? Applying it to your life. How do you, come how do you become wise? Getting closest, close to the wisest man that ever lived. The Lord Jesus Christ. And then take a good buddy, friend of his. And that's Solomon. Go to his Proverbs. Be made wise through the word. This one right here. You have never read the Proverbs like you read it in this Bible. Because you see, the Proverbs in the King James Version are King James Proverbs. I don't even understand some of them. But here, you've got Proverbs like you would hear them today, like you would understand them today. Be wise, the Lord says. And why? Because you can be sure of this, that whoever fails God on what God has already taught us won't see the kingdom of God. You say, that's pretty rough teaching. No, it's not. It's God's word. And it's sweet and it's precious and it's true. See, God loves us, folks, but God is still just. God loves us, but God is still God. We sometimes want to play with that love. We sometimes want to bend that love. We sometimes want to get on a seesaw with God. You can't. You can't. You got to give him everything you got. You got to love him with everything you've got. You can't play games with him. And he, in turn, will give you what you need most. And you know what we need most? First of all is his joy to keep on living. I'm glad to be alive. I really am. I like life. I don't want to die. I haven't even come to the part of the Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul says I'd rather leave. But now I know why he said I'd rather leave. He already saw the place. Yeah. He knew what that was all about. I, I haven't seen anything, but, but that, that's, that's not the, neither here nor there. What I'm trying to say is that there's a stature and there's a maturity and there's a depth and there's a reality where, where you come and you say, yeah, it, it makes no difference. But where we stay, we want, we'd like to stay alive, okay? It's, uh, it's to be able to do his will, to be able to love him, to be able to walk with him. Say amen.
And so, follow him. Learn as you go. Learn through the word. Learn through prayer. Learn through fasting. Learn through concentrated effort to serve him. Learn through that. Last but not last, be careful how you act. Be wise. And wise means not being the fool. Letting him bless your life.